I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with actor Samuel Edward Cook and we have a delightful chat. Uh, probably, safe to say, it's the most eclectic choice of records ever. It goes everywhere and that's just the way I like it. Um, yeah, before we get on with that chat, a few thank yous. So I want to thank Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. I would also like to thank the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast. Um, go check it out. It's uh, it's a, a wonderful true crime podcast. Um, and the people over there produce this podcast. So um, big thanks to those. Um, big thanks to you lot. Every now and again, I forget to say that. But it's, it's you lot that make this the most fun. Because it's wonderful that I get to have these conversations. Like the one I've just had with Sam. But it's even... More special when you just get little messages on like new follows from people that said, Oh, I just discovered your podcast, really enjoying it. Like, so I've been doing it for a fair few years now, you know, we're probably not going to be far off of 500 episodes. So it's really lovely that, um, that it's still, this podcast is still growing and getting new listeners. So, so yeah, welcome. If you're a new listener, welcome. Um, if you've been a long term supporter and listen, listener, uh, thank you very much. And, and to you, new listeners. Um, if you like uh, what you hear today, go and have a, an explore at a back catalogue afterwards because um, in regards to actors, um, who have we had on? Maxine Peake, Joe Hartley, Michael Smiley, David Duchovny, Thomas Turgus. Um, gosh, like... I've had a lot of act, like, amazing acting talent uh, on this podcast. Um, so go and explore them. If you like your... We, we talk about quite a lot of indie music today. If you like your indie music, then uh, you can hear me talking to the Killers, the Kaiser Chiefs, um, the Kooks. I've had a real who's who of indie on, the Vaccines. Um, well, we talk about... He's from York, so we talk Shed 7. I've been lucky that I've had Rick Witter on the podcast. Um, and yeah, and, and in regards to... Other bits and pieces on there. I've had lots of producers and DJs like Fatboy Slim and Butch Vig and Sigala, uh, Darren Emerson, Paul Oakenfold, uh, and comedians like James Acaster, Maisie Adam, Ed Gamble, Jade Adams. Um, yeah, bundles. Like I said, fast approaching 500 episodes. So go and have a, a rummage in that archive um, when you've got to the end of today's episode. Um, and all I ask is that and I know this is what most podcasters do, but it does help. If you can give us a, 
a little like or a subscribe or a follow uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to this on. Um, it really helps. And if you want to leave us a little comment, that would be spectacular. Um, I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, probably most active on Instagram. So give us a follow over there. And uh, and there's one thing you can do if um, you, you want even more content, and that's check out my Patreon uh, and I know this is a bit where people are like, oh, right, how do I skip this to the actual interview? But this is the bit that really is important for, for podcasters and, and and creatives in general. And and what I do is um, I've set this Patreon up and it costs a dollar a month. So it's about 70p a month. And I try and make it as as decent as possible, really, because it's a, there's a cost of living crisis going on at the moment, um, which I don't need to tell you about because I know full well that you know you're all feeling the pinch and having some lispy bloke from Essex trying to go kiss a dollar. Um, but it's seventy p a week, and if you uh, a month, sorry, and if you can spare that, let me tell you what um, you get. So you get to watch all the episodes. I put the videos up to to all of those episodes, so you can go and watch them. Um, I put up loads of little mixtapes and radio shows um, each week as well. Uh, and then what I also do um, is once a month I do a live show um, on Zoom for Patreons. And so I'll pick one of the tracks, uh, sorry, one of the questions from the podcast, whether it be like greatest intros or first song that had an emotional impact on. And, and you can all come along and you can all have your say and feature on an episode. Um and if you don't want to do that, that's fine. You can just sit there with your, your camera off and your microphone off and just watch the show. Um, but yeah, I do one of them a month and it's lovely. They've, they've, they've really kind of rolled into this lovely little community of, of, of people that just, and it's not judgy in the slightest. It's not like you've got to be a muso to, to, to come there. And it's, we're, we're talking about embarrassing records. We're talking about little stories of like growing up and what records mean to us. It's lovely. It's a really kind bunch of people. And uh, and we meet up once a month and record this little show, uh, and you can and you get all of that for seventy p uh, a month, and that money goes into the pot to pay for the production and 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 everything else that keeps me enabling to um, put two episodes out a week for free. Um, so you can find out about that at Patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash off the beat and track. So why don't you go and do that now? Pause this. Go and go and just have a little look because you if you go to patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track, there's a little video of my uh, my melanid just telling you all about it. And uh so go and have a little look then come back. Make sure you come back. Um yeah and so you can find out um about all of that over there. But you, your one stop shop if you can't remember that address is off the beat and track podcast.com uh, and if you go there, there's links to Patreon, there's links to all the social media places, there's links to if you want to get a t-shirt or anything like that, there's your one-stop shop, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, there you go, I've, I've done the little the little bit where uh, I'm, I'm there capping and begging, and uh, and now you can get to the, the good stuff. So, please enjoy today's episode of Off The Beat and Track Podcast with the delightful Samuel Edward Cook. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. 
Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Right, well, look, let's, let's jump straight in. And I always ask guests to kick off the playlist with the song that they regard as having the greatest ever intro. Well, I mean, I'll probably talk about him quite a lot um, during the during uh, the piece, but um, Billy Joel, I'm a I'm a massive massive fan, and um, I couldn't not put one of his songs, uh, yeah, as one of my choices. So yeah, for me, um, "Angry Young Man," which which he uses as the prelude to um, any of his live gigs, um, yeah, has got this insane. Uh, piano intro, um, which, yeah, whenever I've, whenever I've seen a tribute, a Billy Joel tribute, I've always been convinced they've recorded it because it's that, it's that insanely quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, for me, it always gets the blood pumping whenever he, uh, whenever that the piano intro kicks in. Where did, where did Love of Billy Joel come from? Good question. I mean, it, yeah, it's. Um, it's a strange one, really. I, I, I think because my, as 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 we'll probably discover as we as we run through the, the my choices, my uh, musical tastes are all a bit bonkers. Um, yeah, and all a bit sort of. Um, there's no real, uh, yeah, logic to to, to sort of or, or or thread through any of them. But but with Billy Joe, I think because you know. I, my roots are like I, you know, I grew up in the theatre, so I, I grew up, um, you know, doing doing musical theatre when I was a kid, like in in York, um, where I'm from. Um, before I went off to, you know, to drama school to train to be a proper actor. Um, but but, so when I was a kid, like young, you know, like some from from the age of sort of ten, eleven, I was sort of. You know, I was I was doing shows where I was listening to sort of like music from the forties, fifties, sixties, like some classical musical theatre stuff, sure. like Oklahoma, Guys and Dolls, you know, Oliver, My Fair Lady, all these sort of you know strange sounds. Um, so, and I was always really impressed. Um, you know, whenever we sort of um, worked with with any of the musicians from the you know the orchestra from these shows. You know, I was always really like captivated and, and sort of amazed by their sort of skills as, as musicians. And then as I got older and started listening to all sorts, um, you know, I started listening to a bit of Billy Joel and sort of did a bit of digging into into his background. And, you know, his roots are, you know, he's like, you know, an unbelievable classical pianist, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, I think if he if he hadn't gone down the route of, of being a, you know, singer-songwriter, you know, it, that's, that's what he wanted to do was be a... a you know, a concert pianist, and yeah. and so yeah, I've just always sort of loved that that side of of his of his you know his sort of world, and then um, that really sort of sort of opened up a door into his his songbook, yeah. and and sort of yeah, so sort of you know, so it started as a love of sort of his skills as a musician, really, and then you know he's he's used his classical background to like create this amazing like pop rock stuff, you know that but there's jazz influences in there, there's there's blues, there's you know. There's all sorts mixed in, so um, yeah. So I sort of it's a strange one, really. But but yeah. it is strange because as as somebody, you know, I I I grew up as a you know I'm nearly fifty, so I was catching, you know, the enormity of like Uptown Girl and things like that as a young lad, and just seeing Billy Joe as this sort of commercial pop star, and and I think he was in like a music class 
um, at school, they made us break down Innocent Man. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, oh, there's, there's, there's layers to this guy. And, mm. and I think, I might have got this wrong, but I, I, I think that it feels to me that in the UK, we, 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 we just lean towards Elton John. If there's someone on the piano, it's Elton John. And then, but in America, obviously Billy Joe is ridiculously like uh, revered and famous, as he is in the UK, but not, I don't feel he gets as, as much credit in the UK as, as he does sort of globally. Um, I say that he's about to, he's probably just sold out Hyde Park. And uh, <laughs> so he's probably not, not too upset yeah. about his, uh, his, his level of um, fame in the UK, but there's, there's so much more to, to Billy yeah. Joel. And, it, and it's as, d- doing this podcast over the last few years has made me realize how many people just go, Oh yeah, it's all about Billy Joel. And, like, <laughs> and they just, I think once you kind of, because I think for your, your your average casual music listener, you you know Billy Joel. Oh, the guy that sang up Tango, and it's like no, oh, no, 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 no. There's there's loads more. Like That's scratch it. the surface, and then and then you get yeah. a real deep dive. But yeah, I was just curious as to as to how you were uh, as to how you got there. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, look. Let's uh, let's stay in the uh, the early years, and I'm going to ask you for track two, please, Sam, and tell me the first song you remember hearing. That had an emotional impact on you, please. Well, again, I don't know if this one's allowed, so I, I ended up choosing two. Maybe we could use one. Can have maybe an, an honourable mention. Of course, maybe. you can, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, so, the, but the I tried to really dig deep here. Yeah. I tried to sort of think, look, as far back as I could, I could remember. And um, for me, as a kid, I just remember um, absolutely like pissing myself with excitement when this advert came on telly. You know, there was like. It's the Toys R Us theme tune, but but particularly the Christmas the Christmas advert. Um, they had a few, they added a few jingles to it for the Christmas. But for me, growing up as a kid, yeah, as soon as that Toys R Us advert came on, literally, you know, it was, yeah, hairs on the back of the neck, sort of, you know, it's nearly it's nearly here. You know what I mean? Just just that that sort exactly. of yeah. There's millions of here and all under one. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's like, goosebumps, it's Christmas, you know what I mean? Honestly. Yeah, that was it. It still does it now. It's, honestly, I don't, they don't, they, they should, yeah, Toys R Us went bust, I think, but then they've yeah. just, they've just recently, last few years, sort of come back around. Um, and yeah, and whenever I hear that advert, honestly, just the, the yeah, Russian blood. But Toy, yeah, so Toys R Us was a game changer, though. It was like, because up until yeah. then, you just had like either like a little toy bit within a, a, a bigger store or your yeah. local little toy store. And then all of a That's sudden, it. Toys R Us, mate, it was a factory full of toys. It was amazing. Honestly. And the advert is so, is so um, <laughs> yeah, like close to the actual experience. Like, you know, there's that little kid walking down the aisles just like absolutely overwhelmed. Did you know? And that for that, I just remember that as a kid. I remember like, uh, trying the little electric cars and like, you know, bezing them around yeah. the house and stuff and, you know, all of that, all of that. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as that, that, that advert kicks in. So I've got to give an honorable mention to Toys R Us. Love it. Um, but then my, my choice, I, I had to get a song from a musical in here, right? Because, because of my, my, my roots in musical theater, I had to, um, I, I did Bugsy Malone the musical when I was, it was one of my first ever shows I did when I was about 11 or 12 and I played Fat Sam. Uh, and I was a bit of a chubby kid at the time, so it was perfect casting. So, um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, the, one of the songs that really stuck, stuck out for me in the show um, was was a song called Tomorrow, which the character Fizzy, who's, he's, he's like the, um, 
he's like the caretaker in, in Fat Sam's bar. Um and he and he just wants a break. He just wants to audition for Sam to be one of his one of one of the performers in his in his uh in his show at his club. And uh yeah, he sings this song called Tomorrow, which which uh is about, you know, never getting a break and you know, my break will come tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes, all that kind of thing. So it was uh yeah, that for me is you know, as a as a kid I sort of um I really sort of resonated with that with that that with that with the music. So that I mean yeah. that that film Yeah uh, is Jodie Foster. Oh yeah. god. Unbelievable. Like, it's yeah. it's just ridiculous that film. It's it's uh, I was lucky enough about six, seven years ago it was the fortieth anniversary of it. Uh, yeah. and they'd done a open day thing at um was it Rada or somewhere like that? And I took my kids and there was yeah. splurge guns. There was all the original photos and some of the outfits. There wasn't a car. I was really hoping I was <laughs> going to see a car. But um, yeah. but I think the songs in that in that musical are off the chart. And I'll let you into a secret. Um, my funeral song like is "Give a Little Love," and uh, yes. and I think what a perfect way to go. Give a little yeah, and it all comes back to you. It's like gonna be remembered yeah, things that you say and do. It's like that's it. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a cracker and uh, yeah yeah and that that track if to, to reference the film that the tomorrow track, what's funny is like that the young lad that plays Fizzy looks mm. about nine and then when the vocal comes in, it's like Louis Armstrong. It's this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This deep voice, just like gravelly, like <laughs> yeah. smokes, smokes sixty a day. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They dubbed loads of voices in that, didn't they? Which was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Oh, but, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love it. So, where was growing up? So, I'm from York originally. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, so, yeah. Spent spent all my childhood there. Before then, I moved to London to to go to drama school, and then. But yeah, I've I've eventually gravitated back up north. Uh, Fond yeah, memories of growing up in York? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a it's a great city to 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 grow up in. I mean, it's you know it's yeah, especially like for me as a you know like as a as a young kid, you know, sort of getting into theatre and figuring out what I wanted to do. The, there's so many opportunities in York, um, you know, to to get involved in theatre in, in in some way, but. Yeah, real fun memories, and love going back. You know, it's it's one of those cities where I don't know if I could ever go back and, and live because it's sort of it's only a small little place. You know, yeah. sort of everybody knows everybody, and yeah. when you've spent however many years in it in London, you know, it's it's you know it's to go back to a small small place. Like that's, um, probably not. I don't know if I'd cope, but yeah, it's 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 great to go home to, and uh, yeah, all the family are still there. So it's um, and and growing yeah. and growing up there, and you know sort of finding yourself on 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 stages at a young age was was yeah. you was you a confident young lad um it's no it's that's a funny question no it's because it's um you'd have thought so i mean you know put me on a stage and put me put me uh, behind the character then yeah absolutely um but no i mean as as lots of actors and other creatives musicians you know artists uh, of any 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 kind, I think um, you know we hide behind our our art in a way, don't we? We hide behind a lot of it, you know, and we use it to sort of um, 
yeah, it's sort of escapism in a way, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't say no. I was a, I was a particularly confident kid. I mean, um, you know, I was again. I was quite. I was quite vocal. I was. I was a bit of a live wire. You know, I was sort of. I was. I always wanted to be the center of attention, but I think that was that came from like probably like you know insecurities. I think and and sort of fear of you know not being not being heard or you know what I mean. I think. I, I sort of masked that a lot. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think I heard there's a there's a um, Tony Adams who you know you know used to be you know Arsenal's one of his you know greatest ever captain, arguably. You know, he always used to say. I remember a, co- a quote of his where he said he got his self esteem from what he did, yeah. not from who he was. You know, he, he he people told him he was a you know one of the best centre halves that's ever worn an Arsenal shirt and. You know this, that, and the other. But he never believed it himself. Yeah. You know, so um, but he got his self esteem from 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 you know from everybody around him. So I think I was a similar similar kid. I th- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I think I still am in many ways, um, you know, but, you know, you, you sort of use your your art to, you know, sort of mask that in a yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I'm going to move on because otherwise I'm going to want to talk about uh, how incredible Tony Adams is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's a yeah. slippery slope for me because like, yeah, that, yeah. that guy's my hero. Um, oh, legend. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, right. Track three. Tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Again, I'm going to have to have an honourable mention because... Um, I, I am. I look. I'm a bit younger than I look. I, again, I look like um, you know, like 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 Fizzy's voice in in uh, in, in, <laughs> in in Bugsy Malone. Like a sixty year old uh, Louis Armstrong who smoked sixty day. So when I was at school, like fifteen, sixteen, um, was when the first Arctic Monkeys album dropped. Yeah, and it was just like everybody at school went berserk, and you know, it was it was everywhere um and dancing shoes in particular you know was like was a massive yeah it's still a banger you know obviously today you know it's instantly filled the dance floor isn't it so it's um yeah so that for me was 
was a was a, a quite a distinct memory of, yeah. of, of secondary scores. And also being sort of yeah. 15, 16, yeah. like everything that because he Alex wasn't that much older anyway. And so no. the stuff that he was singing about then Lads yeah. in tracky bottoms tucked into socks, hitting people with snooker cues and things like that. It was like, yeah. oh, that's the stuff that happens, you know, down the youth club. That's the sort. Of, it was, it was, it was yeah. all social commentary that I, you know, I imagine anyone under the age of like twenty was just going, oh my god, this is incredible. Like this is, right. this is like this is what we know. And yeah, yeah. A- a- absolutely. The, the, I don't think there's been a band since yeah. in, in in the indie scene that's caused that much interest and 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 as and has had that much of an impact since. I, I think they were the last yeah. big movement in, in, in British indie music. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think, you know, hearing a band that's, that's talking how you talk and, yeah. and, and, yeah, and singing about things that you, you know, instantly relate to. Yeah, of yeah. course, that it's, you know, I've got a few mates from Sheffield as well, and, like, they you know, even now, you know, it's just, yeah, they're, they're, it, it's like folklore, you know. It's, it's just they're, they're, they're so ingrained in... Yeah, in that part of um, my, my sort of growing up, really. So yeah, so. Um, but that's not your choice, right? It's not. No, right. my choice again is another. It's a. It's it's a bit out there. It's another random one, but. Um, so it's no more heroes by the Stranglers, right? So, um, and there is there is a context to this. So when I was at school, the only band I've ever been in. Um, I'm still. I'm still. I'm this frustrated rock star that's still been trying to, like desperate to be in a band since but when i was 12 13 um the first and only band i've ever been in um we set it up well i, I made dad actually set it all up and like you know we used to rehearse in his garage and all that and he sort of picked some songs for us and this was one of the songs that he that he chose and we absolutely loved it i mean we played it to death that you know we did a handful of gigs um what did you do so i i i I was a front man. Coach I mean, I was, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, of course. So I was just singing and banging a tambourine, and then my mates who were the, you know, they, they had all the all the skills. You know, yeah. we had my mate Russ was the guitarist. Tim was no, sorry, Russ was yeah, bass player. Tim was on guitar. Casper was was on drums, and it was his dad who who like sort of set the band up. And then my mate Simon was on the keyboard. Yeah, and um, yeah, some of the other songs we we used to sing like. Uh, here's to you mrs robinson we used to sing um yeah no more heroes we used to sing um some beatles stuff like it was real real mix of stuff but um this particular song really stuck out because we all absolutely loved it probably went for it yeah. like you know proper punk rock like got stuck in there so it was um yeah loved love it. it love it so loved where was it. you playing like in around well, i'm trying to think like from when i used to do gigs and that around york it was fibbers was that still going fibbers yeah 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 god yeah that's like that that is a yeah the venue that because they used to do battle of the bands like every yeah. every year yeah yeah and um i don't think we entered i think we were a bit too young for yeah. battle of the bands but but once you know as we got through to sort of you know later teens like we spent so much time in fibbers like yeah. watching our other mates that were in far better bands than, than we were you know like battling it out and uh yeah fibbers it's still there it's Is still it? there it's still going yeah i think they might have they might have sort of converted it a bit now and it sort of doubles up as like another venue but um but yeah great memories in there it's Love uh it. Love yeah it. great memory. um tell me a little bit um about your, your time at school did you enjoy it 
Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, despite being a bit, um, <laughs> been a bit of a self-conscious kid, I, I did enjoy it. Um, although I think like, as we're discovering with my song choices, like, um, you know, it's such a mix of like styles and taste. It's all a bit confused in a way. And I think as a kid, I was a little bit like that because I didn't really, although I was on the surface, I think I was quite, um, it looked like I was quite popular. Like, cause I, I used to do a lot of, you know, I used to play a lot of sport, you know, obviously I was involved in, in the theater side of school, the music side of school. But I sort of used to just like float between these groups of friends and I never really felt like I wasn't I never really quite figured out where I fitted in at school, you know, um, which then my brother who's a couple of years older. Um, he really did. Like he had a really tight group of mates that are still friends to this day. Like, you know, he just sort of knew where his place was, yeah. if you know what I mean, in school. And, and I never did. I sort of floated and um just try to figure it out as I, as I went along, but um, but still, I you know I had a great time at school. You know, I have no no um, yeah, no, no sort of terrible memories of it, and loved it really. Yeah, I was I was quite lucky, man. Did you know what you wanted to be? Did I what? Sorry. Did you know what you wanted to be? Um, well, yeah, I mean, from a young age, like young, young, because obviously started doing theatre when I was like 11, 12. Um, I either wanted to be a footballer, um, a cricketer. Or Hugh Jackman, basically. That that was. I mean, you like, set the bar pretty high there, mate. That's it. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I like sort the of, fact that you're yeah. like, I'll settle for any of them. Yeah, in any any order, to be quite honest. Um, no, I think yeah, sport was like my first love because I started playing that when I was really really young, and um, but knew quite quickly that you know I was half decent, but you know if you know. Maybe if I'd have if I'd have put as much effort into sport as as I had into sort of theatre, who knows where it might have gone. But um, yeah, from quite a young age, I knew I wanted to go into into acting in some yeah. capacity. Um, didn't really know what that sort of landscape looked like, but just sort of carried on doing yeah doing theatre and um, and then eventually somebody mentioned drama school, and I was like, oh, what's that? Because um, so I sort of went down the traditional route. You know, I, I wasn't um, you know I've got some mates that sort of got into the industry without having to go to drama school, but yeah, didn't have sort of any of those opportunities really. So, so yeah, I went, went off to drama school and sort of, um, yeah, did it that way. And yeah, there I am. Is it, I'm always interested, um, because generally of all the, the actors that I've had on this podcast, they've, they've all been from up North. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm always intrigued as to that. Do you have to relocate to London? to make it you know did it feel like the opportunity was there in york or did you feel like I've, I've got to go to to you know to the city because that's where you know that's where the, the, the streets are paved with gold and that's where the you know all the industry is does it feel like that that is still a kind of what well, you've kind of got to do that oh no i think i mean i think there's more opportunities now for you know actors well or you know younger kids that, that have no acting experience at all, um, you know, to walk onto a film set, you know, to walk into a into an audition, into a meeting, you know, the casting directors are are spreading, you know, their 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 net much, much wider. And yeah. you know, you know, writers, directors like Shea Meadows, you know, who, you know, they don't want, you know, they don't want to pluck somebody out of 
at a drama school. You know, he wants real people. You know, he wants yeah. he wants raw, you know, yeah. lived experience. You know, on on his on his set. Um, you know, so I think there are more opportunities now. I don't think it's it's you know, for me, I I didn't, you know, none of those opportunities sort of crossed my path as a, as a, as a kid. Um, I had some mates that did like national youth theatre, so. You know, they got to go to London, you know, they got a bit of time off school and then through National Youth Theatre, a few of them got agents and then they were managed to get into the industry that way. But my mum was a single parent, you know, we could never afford National Youth Theatre. So it was, uh, you know, I sort of had to go down the traditional route, which I don't regret in any way because, you know, I, you know, I met a lot of brilliant mates at drama school and met a lot of people and, you know, got into the industry in, in, in that in that sort of, in that route. But um but I think it's it definitely the industry has become more accessible. I think over, you know, over the last 10, yeah. 20 years. I think, yeah. Tell me about the first record you remember buying. Yeah, so this was funny. If my brother listens to this, he'll argue, right, that it was a Westlife album, right? But it, <laughs> it was, but it, it wasn't, right? This again, this this just shows you how confused my musical tastes were as a kid, but. Um, so, like I mentioned, I, you know, when I was at school, I was I was just desperate to fit into a group, right? I didn't know which group I fitted in, so I was just like, okay, um, I'll latch onto this group this this week. Um, so my music mates at school were all listening to like emo music at the time, right? Yeah. So Lincoln Park, My Chemical Romance, you know, um, Fall Out Boy, all those sorts of yeah. big emo, emo bands. So I thought, right, okay, bosh, I'll go and buy some email music. Um, wasn't really sure what I was looking for, but anyway, walked into a record uh, shop in in York, in town, and bought a Limp Biscuit album <laughs> called Yeah. So it was uh, it was uh, yeah, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water yeah. was was the first album I remember buying, and was I remember putting it on and being like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> this this is heavy, this is heavy. But, um, <laughs> You know, and I bought all the clobber as well. I made my mum buy me like the, the sort of, you know, the Grebo jeans with the chain and the hoodie and uh, and all that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but didn't last long. That that phase didn't last very long. It's um, so interesting, isn't it, how you just kind of, how music can also drive them, you know, fashion and, and, and fashion can drive music and and, yeah. and how you kind of experiment with them things as a, as a young kid until you kind of, I think it's generally just after school. I think you, you sort of find. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Your tribe, and I think you, you then start to kind of go, oh, no, this is, this is where I feel comfortable. Do, do, do you agree with that at all? Yeah. No, I do. I do. And like you say, you're constantly discovering yourself as a yeah. kid, aren't you? And, and, you know, finding out who you are, what you like, what you don't yeah. like, and... Um, yeah, it took me a little bit longer. So, you know, so some 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 kids, uh, some some of my mates at school, you know, sort of found their 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 place. Like I said about my brother as well, a bit sooner. But um, 
but yeah, it's all part of your discovery. It's all part of your journey, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, this email phase was just a tiny part of mine. It didn't. It didn't last very long. But, Should have uh, got the Westlife yeah. album, mate. Um so how old was you when you went to drama school and did you relocate to that's what you relocated to London for? Yeah, yeah. So I went straight from school. So I um when I was eighteen, I got in when I was seventeen and I went uh, at eighteen. Um, Is that intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it when I think back now, um, you know, it's been like fifteen years since I started drama school but it's um yeah it was bonkers really i didn't have a clue like i was i was 18 i was a bit of a mummy's boy i say that a lot um yeah didn't have a clue you know went off to london uh was a student loan coming into my bank account which was just mental you know i had this money coming in which i was like well you know just um didn't know anything about budgeting or you know doing a weekly food shop anything like that so yeah it was it was from a sort of you know, um, yeah, lifestyle sort of point of view, you know, it was, it was, it was tricky. Um, I don't think I was ready for it. If I'm, if I think back, I probably could have done with a, you know, either a year out or a bit more life experience, but it is what it is, you know, that was sort of my, my journey. And, um, but yeah, there was five of us in, in my year at at drama school that were all 18. Um, and then there was about 28 of us in the year. So the other 20, Two twenty-three were all they'd either done degrees already or they, yeah. you know, they'd, they'd had some 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 a year out or whatever. So yeah, so it was a sort of group of us that were all just like cutting the headlights, like what are we doing here? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was well. I imagine when you get to London and you got your student loan and you know you're living with a load of a, a load of uh, lads. Tell me about clubbing and the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Yeah, well. Again, like I do have like a group of friends that again I sort of I I, I I drift to and from that are properly into like house music, techno, like you know, proper proper music that you'd expect yeah. to in a in a, in a in a decent club. Yeah. Um so I sort of dipped my toe in that area a little bit and, and can absolutely appreciate and yeah. you know, if I'm with those mates like Bosh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm fully I'm fully invested, I'm fully committed. But it was never really me, if I'm honest. Like so um so yeah. So again, like even before I went to uni, like, you know, um <laughs> because I've always looked older, because I, since the age of like fourteen, I've always looked like forty five. So <laughs> like so so I started going out like quite young, like in York especially. Yeah. So um me and my mates would be out like literally clubbing it like 15 16 so um yeah and there's this one pub in york where we'd we'd go to for um at like trebles for singles before we went to the club and then you also got a pub to club voucher in this pub as well so you got like a bit of discount yeah at the club as well so we'd always go into this pub and we'd stick on um we'd stick on shot through the heart bon jovi yeah uh, which you get the blood pumping, it gets going, and then and then we go into the club and like dance away to all sorts, like you know, um, you know, pretty green eyes, you you name it. It was all yeah. sorts of like noughties dance music going on, but but that Bon Jovi song sort of it 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 sort of um, yeah. yeah shapes my years clubbing, not necessarily in the club, but just the build up too, if you know what I mean. So but the build up's um, generally better, isn't it? 
Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I, I generally think those moments when you're down the, the pub with your pals and, and you know, you, you're drinking and you're talking about, you know, and it's all to be played for. You don't know where the night's going, but, you know, the anticipation is always, I find, better than the actual night. And uh, and then generally them kind of natters after the club when you're back at your pals' houses or whatever, like, that's better than the actual club. I'm a club promoter. I've been for, for 30 years. That's my job. But I always prefer... <laughs> The bit at the beginning and the bit at the end and the bit in the middle, eh, it's just yeah. there to kind of give you a little bit of purpose, I suppose. That's it. But, yeah, uh, the pre the pre club is yeah, yeah it's amazing. It's, it's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that track has got a really good intro as well because it is just right from the off. It just pulls you in, doesn't it? It's just like That's here we it. go. Right. And for me, it's the middle. It's the it's the it's the it's the, uh, the sort of the drum solo almost in the middle you know yeah. where the guitar cuts out and it's just you know it's just the chorus with the drums yeah. and it's just yeah it's epic epic <laughs> honestly it's, it. yeah you've got a triple vodka vimto down you as well it's, it's the best thing in the world <laughs> the best thing in the world yeah oh wonderful right well i'm taking you home i'm taking you home for track six favorite song from an artist from your home county yeah this was this was easy this one because um yeah shed seven obviously being a york a York-based band, um, yeah, they really did like sort of, um, yeah. But a lot of my youth was sort of um, the milestones were were. There was always a Shed Seven song that that hit a milestone through my growing up really, and my my brother is a absolute super fan as well. Like he goes all over watching them. But so yeah, growing up, um, Shed Seven were always in and around um our lives in some way but but chasing rainbows is like obviously their their anthem you know and it, it, yeah for, for us as as kids even you know because they were like massive in the 90s when yeah i was a little bit too young to be a, yeah. a, a a super fan but then in my teens you know through the noughties when obviously they had a big gap didn't they before yeah. they came back and um but still they have this massive cult following yeah. it, up north especially you know yeah. and um yeah, it's an absolute tune. They're, they're, they're a cracking band. When I, I said a few years back now, I, I, I had yeah. Rick on the podcast, and it was you yeah. know, getting the chat to him, and 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 yeah, I mean, if as soon as you, for me, if I have to think of music in York, Shed Seven, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's all about Shed Seven. But I really like how they done it. I like the fact that they were huge, obviously in the nineties, and then so many bands then just kind of split up and do solo things and do other bits and bobs and then start doing nostalgia circuits and then kind of it sort of fizzles out a little bit but they just kind of sort of sat out for a bit and came back and they're having probably you know as much success as they've always had now like when they announced tours bang they sold out straight away and it's like they're yeah. still absolutely and live shed seven deliver 100 percent. and it's funny it's like obviously shed Sember is 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 um you know, it's massive, yeah. you know, every year is, is just sold out. And, um, but yeah, Rick, Rick, I mean, it, it's funny. He's, you know, obviously, you know, he's a little bit older than he was uh, when they, when they first started out, but his voice, like it always amazes me how pure, yeah. like from like, you know, singing like pretty, you know, uh, you know, the indie, the indie sound that they make, like it's all, it's all really high up in his register, but yeah. even now, even even in their like renaissance, like his voice is still just as pure as it yeah. was like back in the nineties. Like it's absolutely, he's got a brilliant, brilliant sound to it. But yeah, they, um, yeah, Shed Seven will always be like 
yeah, they'll always be up there. And they've it, got great but, pop sensibilities. All of their songs have got such good choruses and like and really yeah. good hooks and stuff like that. They're, they're obviously smashing songwriters because, yeah, you know, as much as they were a super cool indie band in the nineties, you, you you listen back and you think the choruses and like the hooks in these verses and stuff is so infectious. It's just really yeah. solid pop songwriting. Yeah. It is proper. Proper textbook, yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's great. In, in fact, so much so that um, me and my brother, we went to Vegas in uh, just after I, I left uni, and um, we were, you know, we had we had a good we, we had a good night on the roulette tables. So we were walking down the strip, a little bit worse for wear, and we both decided to get a tattoo. And um, I I stumbled in, um, didn't know what I wanted, just like picked this random image out of a catalogue basically he was just like i'll have that and then but my brother was too drunk to get a tattoo so i made him go back the morning after <laughs> i made him go back the morning after and he got some shed seven lyrics tattooed on his arm he got in fact he got out in fact he got chasing rainbows i think on yeah. his on his arm so um so yeah he, he's been he's been printed with yeah the shed seven stamp for for years now which is oh that's yeah. amazing yeah 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 absolutely yeah he's, he's a mega fan Okay, last track. This is when you get to be uh, a tastemaker, and I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that you think many of the listeners to this podcast may not know that you would like them to hear. Well, again, I, I found this one quite tricky because I'm not, by any means, like a you know a, a music guru that's listening to like really obscure B sides or anything like that. You know, so a lot of your listeners may already listen to Richard Hawley stuff, but um, any that don't. You need to because you know he's just you know for me he's like the Johnny Cash of Yorkshire like he's just you know he's unbelievable um so yeah the track I've chosen is just like the rain by Richard Hawley from uh, Cole's Corner album and uh, yeah this this yeah th th this song in particular like certainly when I was in London like going through uh, uni drama school and beyond you know we'd always stick this on like. Usually after a night out, yeah. you know, just when you sort of, you know, you sort of, yeah, 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 just sort of chilling out, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's got an unbelievable like tone to his voice. So and, cinematic, isn't it? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's an absolute genius. Absolute genius. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think it's, it, it, you know, as we touched on with, uh, with with the Arctic Monkeys, I think the social commentary that that Richard Hawley, you know, the way that he writes, you know, talking about, you know, such work, you know, such a working class kind of uh, sort of picture, but he paints it mm. with such magic and, and, and you know, and, and that sort of cinematic shine that, and it just makes it sound like the most glorious thing you can. He's, he's just an... Yeah, he's, mm. he's, he's something that, uh, the, the, you know, the UK music scene should be super, super proud of. I think he's... Uh, Absolutely. He's, 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 he's a real maverick. And and just such a, uh interesting guy. I was listening to him on a podcast. I was listening to him uh, talking to Gary Kemp on the Rock and Turs um, podcast. Yeah. And the amount of stuff that he's done and the people that he's worked with, like, you, didn't, you know, obviously um, being in Pulp and, yeah. and the Long Pigs and... Uh, yeah, and and then you didn't, didn't realize like I had no idea he was like one of the sort of most sought after session guitarists, and he's played with mm. literally everyone. And it's like 
he was yeah, just yeah. chatting about it and it was like oh my god and uh, yeah. yeah just have you seen his musical yet no i was just going to mention that actually like because it's, it's, it's yeah i'm really excited about it because obviously it's it was developed at the sheffield crucible theater and it's and it's gone to obviously the, the national in, in london but from from all the reviews i've i've seen it it's you know it's absolute smash hit so i mean yeah he's that's what i mean he's one of those where he can sort of turn his hand to you know a bit like billy joel in a way like yeah. his roots are you know he's an unbelievable musician like first and foremost you know and then he's able to use that foundation you know to sort of you know to turn his hand to all different styles and 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 um you know obviously now he's he's writing he's writing music for you know for a, for a theater show and yeah. uh yeah, he's yeah, he's a legend, absolute he, he, legend. He scored a film as well, didn't he? I, I don't know if you ever saw the film Funny Cat, a Maxine Peake film. Uh, you know what? I haven't, but yeah, I didn't know. It, it, he's, he's also oh, yeah, he has written for yeah, film, but I've, no, I've not seen it. It's yeah, an incredible film. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, and a and a beautiful, beautiful score. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that, there's there's no end to that guy's talents. Um, Definitely. Well, let's talk about your talents, Sam. What's what's coming up? What's what's happening with you now? Well, I've got um, yeah, I've got a, a show on the BBC at the minute, um, which is um, yeah, which is it's also available on iPlayer if you want to binge it. It's called Better. It's um, it's a it's a, a new crime thriller, which um, yeah, it's like a redemption story. Uh, it follows a corrupt police officer who's um, trying to make amends for for her past, and I play her husband in it, and who's also in in on the uh, in on her double life. So he's yeah. sort of um, yeah, he's a part of this this corrupt world. Um, so that's on yeah, it's on BBC One at the minute. It's airing every every Monday. But if you want to binge it, um, you can do that on iPlayer as well. Um, yeah, and then. We're not quite sure of, of an air date yet, but to come is is um is a, a new another BBC um series. This is a period drama. This one though, it's a new Shane Meadows series called The Gallows Pole. Um, oh, you're in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. So yeah, so that's uh, that's to come. But yeah, that's that's a it's based on a on a true story about a yeah crime a crime family in in, in Yorkshire in the, in the 1700s. So um yeah, so it's exciting. So that that's to come. Um, how does how does that? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just talking as a fan, but how does that as an actor when when you get the gig and you know that it's it's a Shane Meadows thing? Is is that it was was Shane's work something that that you'd you'd always you know looked at as as obviously being a a, a a northern filmmaker and working with such amazing talent? All of them actors that I said that I'd have this podcast is. Yeah, Joe Hartley's and yeah, Thomas yeah. Turgoose's and all the people from from Shane stuff and hearing about how they kind of ended up working with him. Like, how exciting was it for you to get a a Shane Meadows gig? Oh, I mean, yeah, it was it was a no brainer when when you know when I um, got the call that he wanted to have a chat. I was like, um, yeah, <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, I remember it was it was actually like it was like COVID was still sort of really um, yeah. I, I can't remember if if we'd finished with the lockdowns, but it was all it was still like rife, and um, I'd not worked for a little bit, and I was sort of you know just you know a bit of a loose end, and then this this opportunity came up, and um, yeah, I mean I you know I grew up obviously watching This Is England, and you know the Virtues, and you know Dead Man's Shoes, and you know all these you know unbelievable um, you know stories about 
working class people and you know but I was always a bit worried that like I knew that Shane works you know usually with actors that hadn't trained but you know that hadn't been to drama school but you know they were they were raw that they were you know and I, I thought ah oh, you know you know maybe he sees that I've been to drama school you know that that um you know he won't want to he might not want to work with me but but you know that that wasn't the case at all like you know we just all got thrown in together and and um yeah it was it was it was an unbelievable experience i mean he, he works in such a different way to to any other writer director that i've worked with before and um just creates this big family and and um yeah it was a it was a great gig and um yeah met, met a lot a lot of great people on it as well wonderful oh i can't i can't wait to see it um and yeah. if people want to keep up to speed with you and, and 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 everything that's going on where's the best place to, to to follow you and keep up to speed you on the socials yeah i'm on the socials yeah yeah twitter uh instagram um yeah yeah if you want to yeah have a look and uh yeah i'm just really just share stupid memes about donald trump and cats really so, um, <laughs> <laughs> You feel free if you want to follow me. I mean, well, if it's, it's cool with you, we'll we, we tag you in, uh, in the post for when this episode comes out so those that aren't following you can uh, can, can do so. Um, yeah. Sam, it's been a proper joy. Thanks loads for coming on, mate, and talking talking records. I really appreciate it. Cheers to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. Oh, what a top lad. Love that. Love that. Um, huge thanks to Sam. Um, and, yeah, big love to... Um, to uh to the agents that um that reached out uh about sam coming on so i really appreciate um the uh, the introduction there go give sam a follow on the socials go check out them shows um get excited about that um upcoming shane meadows project cannot wait for that um and why not go and listen to some shed seven remind yourself and i'll tell you what while you're over there on spotify or wherever you get your music sling on that bugsy malone soundtrack because it is glorious um and yeah you give a little love and it all comes back to you you're going to be remembered for the things that you say and do so be nice i'm back next time love you bye